you for taking time to listen to this sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church and of our campus in Lexington, Kentucky. It is our prayer that as you listen today, you will be encouraged, challenged, and equipped to be all God has for you. We invite you to join us for worship on Sunday mornings at either 8.30 or 11 o'clock a.m., at our Todd's Road campus near the Hamburg area of Lexington. I've been a bit of an emotional uh, wreck this morning in like the best possible way. Uh, just at every moment, I'm like, oh, this can't get more beautiful. It can't get more beautiful. Um, and just been uh, moment of joy after moment of joy. And as the choir was singing, I found myself uh, starting to well up. Uh, but then I fixed it really quickly by accident. I wiped what was beginning to be a tear from my eye and forgot I had anointed these sweet boys with frankincense. <laughs> so my left eye is slightly blurry right now. Glad I don't manuscript. Um, don't manuscript. If we get to communion and I'm like, I just can't do this, somebody else will read uh, the parts that have to be read. We are fine. Um, which, which is kind of how the whole morning has gone. People have handled everything. People are like, um, are the, is there, the kids, are, is there money in the eggs? I don't know. You can ask Sarah. What do we do with these cinnamon rolls? I don't know. You can ask Kathy. Well, I mean, I haven't had to do anything. I said, once it's 11 o'clock, I'll, I'll kind of take over. But before that, people got this. And it has just been a great morning. For, for a second, I thought about kind of passing off the sermon to Harper. And I, I joked with him that he could take it. And he immediately, as Harper is wont to do, had an amazing response. He said, well, you know, I, I just think about Easter. I think about this time we were in Florida for Easter, and this pastor was telling a story about a previous children's message where he asked these kids, uh, what does Easter mean? And, and he told me, like, three different ones, but the one that stuck out at me the most is the kids said with all earnestness, Easter is where uh, the tomb was opened up and Jesus came out and saw his shadow and went back inside. <laughs> so close, but not close. Not quite there, right? Um, it, I love, I, I have been tickled all morning thinking about saying that and didn't know if I could get it out without dying ahead of time of laughter. Um, what is Easter all about? It's a, it's a question that should have a simple answer. Um, in our, our lay seminary, I ask a similar question. What's the gospel all about? And, and we should have a good answer, right? Christ has died, Christ has risen, Christ will come again. But it's also uh, so much more complex than that. Um, so much happens in this day that uh, we celebrate, and, and uh, yet in so many other ways, it really is that simple. Christ loved us and died for us and defeated death. This day is the end of a story and the beginning of a new one. It's a story that didn't start uh, on Friday. It's a story that started centuries ago in Israel. It started with a people who were God's people and a people who uh, tried to live out what it means to be uh, God's chosen people. And uh, it, it takes up most of your Bible. It's a pretty important thing. It's not like the prelude. It's part of the story that Israel um, was living out this covenant relationship with God and, and God just stuck with them through thick and through thin when we flip the page to our New Testament, we find Israel longing for something good, for God's presence to be in their midst, for them to be set free. And uh, we, we began to kind of dive into what that could really look like last week on Palm Sunday. They were hopeful that, that this Jesus who was riding into town with all these signs that made him look like the king they had longed for, that this was going to be the military moment where they defeated the Roman Empire. 
and they were hopeful. But uh, the story kept going. And for the church, Holy Week keeps going. We get to the events uh, of the upper room where Jesus ceases his public ministry. He goes uh, upstairs to dinner with his closest friends. He says, um, you, you, just, you have to know that, um, that soon someone's going to betray me. They're going to hand me over to the authorities and, and I'm going to die. But I promise I'm coming back. As we are uh, often uh, known to do, they struggle to grasp this, and they can't believe it'll happen, and uh, it, surely it can't be this way, and, and the meal unfolds, and Jesus washes their feet and, and institutes communion. Jesus uh, loves them well, even as they begin to one by one pull back. Judas can't even make it through the whole meal. He goes and betrays Jesus. Not long after, uh, they come and they take Jesus And they begin the trial, and the disciples move farther and farther away. At every turn, it seems like Jesus should just be let go. It's hard to make these charges stick. This is a, uh, a trial without a real good crime, and yet the people keep pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. And ultimately, uh, Pilate, the, the Roman authority, just says, okay, I wash my hands of this, but, but go. And we, we know that they crucified Jesus. They hang him on a cross and in the most horrific way. The disciples have uh, scattered and all that are remained are uh, two Pharisees who are afraid they're getting ready to be killed and the women. And the women keep showing up. We have uh, what is uh, Sabbath day uh, in the story, and we have this moment of waiting and longing and hoping, and, and what, is, what is going on? And then we, we come to the, the first day of the week, and, and the story continues. I love John's account of Easter morning. Uh, it's the most vulnerable account. And the other accounts, it's, it's multiple people who show up. And in John's account, it is only Mary. Mary Magdalene. She shows up to the tomb and finds it open. We know what it open means. For her, it meant they had stolen his body. The last act of uh, offensive treatment of this one they love, somebody has stolen his body. And so she runs to tell the two uh, leaders of the group, the uh, Peter and the beloved disciple. I love that the beloved disciple is, is theoretically the one who writes John's gospel because he has clearly got a complex. Because it's like, I ran faster than Peter did. I got there before he did. Uh, three times in the text, the author of John's gospel makes clear that they are a faster runner than Peter. It, this is something I would do. Don't y'all know that? If I had that little victory, especially knowing that Peter kind of becomes the big guy, he, he makes it clear that he was there too. And they get there and they look in. I'm like, you got it right. There is nobody. And it says that uh, the beloved disciple believed. And if you, if you jump too quickly, you think, oh, he believed that Jesus was coming back because this is what Jesus had promised, right? But no, in this moment, he just believes that somebody stole the body. And so he and Peter walk away. They go back home. And Mary sits down and weeps. 
She goes back to look in, and, and, and I can only imagine what she's thinking, right? This tomb is empty. These leaders have just left. Where do we go from here? And the text says that as she walked in, two angels appeared to her and said, Mary, why, why are you weeping? Well, they've taken my Lord, they've taken his body. And, and the angels just kind of disappear from the scene and she walks out and she's talking to this person and, and she has no clue who this person is, this gardener standing around her. And once again, she's asked, why are you crying? What are you looking for? Sir, if you took him away, would you tell me where he is? And he says, Mary. In speaking her name, her eyes are opened up. This, this has so many of the same uh, feels as the story of the disciples on the road to Emmaus who don't recognize Jesus until he breaks bread with them. In this moment, Mary doesn't recognize him in this scene until he says, Mary. She turns immediately and she says, Rabuni, which means uh, teacher in Aramaic. And he says, go, tell the others what you've seen. I am raised from the dead. And she goes. And the story completely changes from there. Uh, I know what time it is, and, but I still got two things I want to say today. And the first is, is just a matter of church business. Uh, Mary is sent. Uh, Mary is sent to go and tell the disciples of all disciples that Jesus has raised from the dead. Uh, she is literally apostled. The Greek word apostolos means to be sent. If anyone had any doubt that women belong in ministry, in this moment, Jesus sanctifies women in ministry and says, you take and go bear the gospel for the first moment to these disciples. And so we need more Marys, and we need more Sarahs, and we need more Amelias, and we need more my little Parker this week. She's been preaching the gospel real hard with something from her preschool. It's literally just a, a construction paper tomb with a rock swinging on it. And she keeps running in, into her kitchen and opening the rock and goes, ta-da, he's not there, he's alive. We need more women declaring the gospel. Men have held it too long and we have messed it up too long. And if you ever heard from somebody that you were not allowed to go and preach, I I'm sorry, it's just wrong. From the very moments Christ said, go women, because they're the only ones who were left. The women were faithful when the men disappeared. And so Mary goes and takes the gospel, and the world is changed. And she takes the gospel that Christ is risen. We often stop with the events of Good Friday, quite frankly. Jesus died for our sins, and he has saved us so we can go to heaven. But friends, Christ is alive again. I don't want to minimize the, the impact of Christ's atoning work on the cross, but he's risen from the grave so that we have something to take care of and deal with before heaven. We have something to deal with now that the kingdom of God is at hand and we are set free from sin. As Wesleyans, we believe that we can actually become holy people who shine the light of Christ in our world. Sarah read uh, the Isaiah text that gets picked up in Revelation. There will be a time when there's no more pain and no more sorrow and no more suffering, and that's because Christ has defeated death, and we wait for the day when it's finalized, but we go right now and say that Christ has died. 
Christ is risen and Christ will come again. Christ is risen. Thank you, Paige. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen? Amen. Amen.